Sometimes, clues to even the biggest mysteries are hiding there, right in plain sight. Now, America's most haunted hotel has its mysteries, like what happened to Delilah Carrington in 1934. She fell from the third-story balcony, and my kids and I saw it happen, or rather, we saw her ghost. Delilah had some secrets she wanted to keep hidden. But the low-budget ghost squad was here, and the secrets were about to come out. Well, hi there. I'm Natalie. And I'm Allison. And I'm Ethan. And this is episode three of the Low Budget Ghost Squad. It tells the story of what happened when we went to the Crescent Hotel in Eureka Springs, Arkansas. It's known for its ghosts like Michael in room 218, who's a flirt, and Theodora, who still looks for the key to her old room. And really, I wouldn't think she needed a key because she's a ghost and can't ghosts like walk through walls. Well, you'd think so, but maybe she doesn't know how to do it yet. Well, anyway, I got dragged here. Well, you know, I really shouldn't say that. It didn't take much convincing. But my kids saw this place on YouTube. And now here we are in the middle of our own mystery. We've also got this app that lets spirits talk to us. And no, I've not been drinking. It really is happening. It's been sending us messages and names like Jack and Jason and the last name Whiteford. And you're about to find out more about what happened to Delilah Carrington back in 1934. Well, that's when the Crescent Hotel was also the Crescent College and Conservatory for Young Women during the off-season. But it wouldn't be for much longer. Well, Henry befriended us. And he's worked at the Crescent for decades. And he approached us because he heard that we had seen a ghost the night before. And we've learned that ghost is believed to be of Delilah Carrington. So Henry snuck us into what was Delilah's old room on the third floor. Wasn't that hard. He says it's not really used much anymore. Yeah, he said there had been too much tragedy tied to it. And you know, when someone says something like that, I think they're just begging for you to ask. So that's what I did. I asked. Besides Delilah's death, he said there had been an accident here years after Delilah died. A really deadly accident. Henry said about 30 years ago, around 1990, the granddaughter of Jack Carrington, Delilah's brother, came here to find out what happened to her great aunt. I mean, she had been intrigued by his story for years. And notice his name is Jack. You know, like the ghost app said. This girl's name was Lucy Carrington, and she hunted Henry down once she heard that his dad had been the one to find Delilah's body. But his dad, Jason, was pretty old by then, but he still told Lucy all about it. And I want you to also notice that his name is Jason, again, like the app said. Lucy also talked to Charlie Whiteford, and he happened to be Delilah's fiance. Now, Charlie's grandfather, Samuel, helped found this hotel, and Charlie ended up marrying Delilah's roommate, Alice Faye Warlick, relatively quickly after Delilah's death, of course. Now, Henry said the two of them were huge on the charity and social scene for the rest of their lives. And according to Henry, people in town, and you know they know, claimed that Charlie made a fortune of his own in the illegal gambling business 
that was running wild in the downtown area of Eureka Springs. Now, Alice Faye actually died here in the hotel. She had a heart attack in the middle of a hallway, strangely on the third floor. That's the same floor where she shared a room with Delilah all those years before. And her grandson William was walking with her when she just collapsed. At least that's what he said. Spoilers, I said this in part one, you can't do that yet. Okay, sorry. All right, so let's get back to this. Henry said that Lucy told him Charlie didn't seem all that emotional about Delilah at first when he was talking about her. But then she saw a small tear in his eye, but he quickly wiped it away. I don't think she ever met with Alice Faye, but she did send Lucy a note. Henry said he delivered it straight to her room at this hotel, but there was no idea what it said because he never got the chance to ask her. So when we heard that, the big question we had, well, why not? What happened to Lucy? He told us she was in this room. There was a little construction work going on, and wait for it, she fell from the balcony. Y'all, when he told us she died in Delilah's room, dead silence from us. Well, maybe that's a poor choice of words, but you know what I mean. He said it had been an accident, and that's what everybody thought. Yeah, something about she shouldn't have been in that room, and it was dangerous. The new railing on the balcony wasn't ready yet. You guys are not selling this. She fell just like Delilah, and then Henry says she was wearing old-timey clothes like her, too. Okay, then there's this. She was telling someone on the phone that she found out what happened to Delilah is hidden in this hotel. And why we didn't see it earlier, I'll never know. Yeah, I'll never know either, Allison. You know, right in the middle of talking to us, Henry starts going into his history tour mode, you know, what he would tell the guest of the hotel here at the Crescent, because it really has a fascinating history. It opened in 1886 as a hotel, but then in 1908, the Women's College opened up, and then by 1937, this doctor, and I'm totally using quotey fingers there, you just can't see me, his name was Dr. Norman Baker, and he opened a hospital claiming he could cure cancer. And, well, you know he couldn't. But it's interesting because Henry told us when it was a college, the girls would have this, like, really, um, I really don't know how to describe it, like this sophisticated dumbwaiter or, like, this pulley system or something on the side of the building, and they would haul their linens up and down for washing. Well... They didn't just haul linens up and down. They liked to smuggle the boys in. And you know, that did not go over well. So I'm thinking, did someone smuggle in a murderer? Well, Henry said construction workers found a secret passageway in there, too. Now it's closed up now, but we were wondering, is that how somebody got in this room? And wouldn't you know it, Henry had to leave right then and there. He said he had to be at his post in case people wanted to know the history of the place, like we didn't. And he told us we needed to sneak out because we weren't supposed to be in there in the first place. 
Now, in the hallway, guys, do you remember seeing all the stuff in the display case? Yeah, they had some old pictures and souvenirs in there. And it was funny. We saw these uh, those old collector plates, like a grandparent may have bought on all those family vacations you go on. These had a picture of the Crescent Hotel and the date. And one of them was from 1973 when it was reopened after a restoration. And then there was that thing in there that everyone wanted to talk about. We make it sound so mysterious, but it's actually called an air caliophone, and I really hope I'm saying that correctly. Apologies if not. Now, at the time, it was this new kind of musical instrument, and the so-called cancer doctor who used to own this building created it and made a fortune off of it. He bought the place with the money that he made from selling that, and of course, promised that he could cure people's cancer, but you know how that turned out. And I love the old pictures, too. It showed hotel guests from maybe 100 years ago. And it had a vibe of that early 80s movie, Somewhere in Time. If you're a certain age, you remember that. And there was an old photo of the Crescent Bowling Club. I'm sure that was a good time. There was one of the championship women's basketball team from 1931. The Crescent comments were pretty good. And it looked like the college girls had done a few plays too, some Shakespeare, and even a Nancy Drew one. And it's funny, when we saw that, I had to look that one up because I didn't realize the first Nancy Drew book came out in 1930. Remember the picture of the other hotel? Yeah, the same people who owned the Crescent also owned the other historical hotel in town, the 1905 Basin Park Hotel. And for decades, it was a favorite among gangsters. You had lots of illegal booze, late-night card games, prostitution, all of it going on in there. And some doors would be marked storage, but it was just a ruse to hide all the drinking and gambling. You know, maybe that's where Charlie Whiteford set up shop. It said that Al Capone's sister lived there for a while. Doubt anyone would have the guts to kick her out. She could still be there. Who knows? One of the pictures from the Basin Park Hotel is from what's called the Barefoot Ball. And I love this story. In 1948, a couple from California won a trip to the hotel on a radio game show. With the stipulation, you had to be barefoot the whole time. And they did it. So in their honor, the city started what is called the Barefoot Ball. And it's an annual party that they still do today. Nobody wears shoes. Oh, fun fact, in 1955, the sheriff busted in during the Barefoot Ball and confiscated all the illegal slot machines and smashed them up right on the street and burned them too. Sent a pretty big message to the gamblers there. Do you remember what you said when you heard about that, Ethan? I get it. All history is not that boring. So we did learn a valuable lesson on this trip. No, I didn't. And there was another picture dated 1934, and it had some young ladies sitting around, but in the background. Allison recognized somebody. It was Delilah. And guys, guess what? The guy she was talking to looked like a young Henry. And what happened next was just insane. Henry was standing there at the end of the hallway, just staring at us. I motioned for him to come over, and I pointed out the photo to him, and I think he looked stunned. Yeah, he started stammering, I I didn't know about this. And he paused and said, that's my dad. And Henry backed away and said, 
I have to go. And we lost him after he went around the corner. But we were about to have an encounter with someone else in that hallway. Yeah, I don't think he liked us being there that much. Oh yeah, that ghost hunting app? Well, I forgot. I had turned it off because it was so loud earlier. And when I turned it back on, went wild. Coming up on the Low Budget Ghost Squad, somebody at the Crescent is not what they seem to be. And their big secret was about to be revealed. And wait, are you telling me there's a ghost cat here? The Low Budget Ghost Squad is part of Spellbound Productions. Written, directed, produced, edited, and anything else that needed to be done was by yours truly. And thank you to Allison and Ethan who agreed to tell our story and went along with this crazy idea. And awesome graphic art design you may have seen by Lucinda Peterson. We'd love for you to subscribe to the Low Budget Ghost Squad so you can check out our next adventure. And if you want to see some of the things you heard about throughout this podcast, go to our Instagram and YouTube channel that are in the description, and that's where we'll have some fun pictures, videos, and some behind-the-scenes stuff.